vehicle. So what we do is we utilize our experience. We utilize uh, the training that we have uh, and we keep a cool head and we keep ourselves calm enough to where we're able to focus on the subject or the person attempting to do us harm, which may allow us to find a couple of different avenues, if you will, uh, than physical confrontation. Uh, me, for instance, I enjoy um, the, the whole mind game thing. Okay, I might uh, come up with something verbally. <clears throat> Excuse me. I may come up with something nonverbal. Okay, that's something else that most of us uh, don't think about as far as a manipulative um, possibility. And that's what this is, is manipulation. Okay, so uh, I don't want to have to put my hands on this guy or, or uh, run the risk of getting hurt or, once again, worst case scenario, getting somebody else hurt if I don't have to. So maybe I'm able to place myself uh, around this person or um, conveniently allow this person to <laughs> move in, in uh, a certain orchestrated fashion that I might be... Um, once again, manipulating him to do in order to take him out uh, of a his comfort zone. If I can, say, take this person out of his comfort zone, he might be less enthusiastic about initiating a physical confrontation with me. I might be able to de-escalate the situation, uh, like I said, either verbally or non-verbally, uh, but once again, I'm uh, utilizing the training or the proverbial toolbox issued to me through academy training and service training, specialty school training, blah, 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 <clears throat> and utilizing some of these factors to mitigate the opportunity of physical confrontation or, or physical violence. But wasn't there a weather anomaly a few years ago? Um, had to do with ice in July. Oh, you're talking about that time that uh, I had a couple of 10-pound bags of ice in my truck when I was driving over the bridge? No, uh, no, coming up for the, no, 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 no. One of the larger um, agencies in a large um, municipality, there was <clears throat> a, a report that was written that made it all the way up the top of the chain, and... Nobody could figure out what was wrong with it. There was there was yes. one little statement in there about how, uh, you know, what yeah. was it, 4th of July? Yes, and yes, indeedy. slipped on some ice. Yes, yes, indeedy. There was a yeah. very dear friend of mine whose father was on a uh, the city police department <clears throat> for many, many years. He, uh, let's put it this way, I think this was... He entered the police department shortly after World War II. Um, oh, back when they were real cops. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. And they wore those little pith helmets and uh -huh. all that stuff, and yeah. And carried a was, revolver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thirty-eight. You, yeah, and, and you rested the hammer on an empty chamber, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> along those lines, yes, he was. This let's see here. He had been on the agency a uh, number of years, so I'm going to safely assume this was probably in the mid to late '60s by the time mm -hmm. this actually occurred. On foot? No, no, no. 
uh, what was it? I'm trying to remember now. I think he was in Motor Patrol downtown, in a downtown district. And of course, being Motor Patrol downtown, oftentimes you park a car, get out, do some foot patrols, you know, a couple blocks, come back in the car, do whatever. Oh, that weird thing called community policing? Yes, but back oh. then they didn't call it community policing. They just called it uh, policing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, funny how things... At any rate, yeah, yeah, I digress. Um, but yes, yes, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, um, he was getting ready to park his vehicle, uh, and he was driving down very slowly uh, down a downtown city street with uh, vehicles parallel parked on his left side, I'm going to assume, and uh, a certain somebody just happened to stumble out in front of his car, and he tapped the certain somebody with front bumper. And uh, I'm not being too silly here. He actually tapped the guy. Uh, he, he jumps out. And the guy had passed out in his car. Well, it turned out the guy passed out in front of his car because he was highly inebriated. No. Yes. Not because of the force of the tap. So, and of course, he's <clears throat> um, calling the wagon and all this stuff and, and uh, calling a medic and and. and getting everybody there and and uh, he happened to get it cleaned up prior to any supervisor arrival just to say that so he composes his report the gentleman slipped on some ice <laughs> according to the narrative of this report uh, so the report makes it to the his first line supervisor sergeant Sergeant, uh, you know, back in the day, they, they would literally uh, proofread reports before sending them uh, into the... Oh, they actually did their job? Yes, back oh, in the day. Shit. Yes, yes, yeah. Hard to believe. <laughs> it's really... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, the sergeant's proofreading the report. Um, and, of course, calls in this officer and he said, hey... Uh, I just want to verify this, you know, uh, you, you tapped this person. Yes, there was no, the, the medics were on scene. They verified that there was no physical injury, you know, from the contact of the front bumper of the car and, and all this stuff. We, uh, uh, even back in the day, they had, of course, it was black and white photography, but uh, they, they uh, took some pictures just to make sure that there was no blood spewing anywhere or anything like that. Uh, no uh, extra orifice anywhere or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay, and the, sorry, okay, yeah, this is good, fine, all right, I'll send it up. So, lieutenant checks it out, okay, he sends it to records and all this stuff. Well, what, I did a couple months go by, something like that. Uh, this officer gets a call from uh, one of the deputy chiefs of records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gets a day, I said, hey, I need to see you in my office uh, ASAP oh, before the end of your shift. Okay, uh, what the heck did I do? I've, I've turned in my reports, you know, blah, blah, blah. What the, what the hell could be the problem? He gets up there, and he says, all right, I'm not going to use the officer's name. He said, have a seat. <clears throat> he sits down, and basically the first statement was out of his mouth was something effective. Hey, I'm going to let this slide this time, just because it made it all the way up to my office. <laughs> Before anybody realized... <laughs> The discrepancy in your narrative in this report, dated blah, 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 July, whatever, you know, 1963 or whatever. Okay. And of course, you know, enough time goes by. He doesn't remember what the heck he wrote. You know, I, I, 
He said, all right, you said that uh, subject so-and-so slipped on the ice. Uh, yes, sir. He said, uh, need I remind you the report is dated July 13th? <laughs> so tell me, officer, is there a great deal of ice forming on the sidewalks downtown uh, in the middle of July? Ah, <laughs> uh, he said, yes, sir, I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. He said, all right, yeah. He said, just don't even start, all right? But uh, if I see a report like this with your name affixed to it, um, we're going to have a deeper discussion next time. Sir, yes, sir. Have a nice day. Thank you very much. So, yes, yes. Sometimes, every once in a blue moon. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yes. Like, ooh, yeah, maybe I need to be a little more creative the next time I, I, I compose a report. Yeah, it's, I, I, that was a lesson I would take from that. Uh, I'm just mm -hmm. saying, I, you know, hypothetically, of course. <clears throat> but that's the whole thing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, getting back to the, to the Sun Tzu uh, point is yes it's it's one thing to know something it's one thing to study a theory but it's a whole another thing to apply that theory to a real world scenario and of course we try to bridge that gap in, gap in law enforcement as far as training goes uh, we send people to the academy so they can uh, hopefully in theory study the theory in the academy and then once they matriculate through the academy experience uh, they are placed into field training and of course uh, I was an FTO for a number of years, so I have a, uh, a few minutes of direct experience uh, doing that, and um, uh, a, a trainee officer would be assigned to a, a senior FTO officer, and let me tell you, uh, you talk about a gigantic headache for an officer is to be I, an FTO. I, th I think the new term is shit show. It could definitely turn into a shit show, yes, uh, depending upon the dynamics between the trainee and the FTO and things like that. I, uh, I actually was known for having a little bit of patience with, with some trainees, and I, I really took the, the position seriously, first and foremost, for a very selfish reason. You want to take a gander as to why I would take it seriously uh, would it have anything to do with um, personal amusement well that but I really didn't want my ass sued off into oblivion oh that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I really see at that point in time I still had a chance of retaining some modicum of a retirement so I, like, if I, if I do survive this experience as a cop any longer than, say, you know, 40 years of age, which I really didn't expect I was going to make it that far, and I've, I knew I was going to do something stupid enough to, you know, put myself in the middle of a, you know, speeding object or something of that sort. So I, I think they call that the east side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, at any rate, um, yeah, we, we would uh, have trainees, and we were... Uh, responsible for every aspect of that trainee as well as of course ourselves so not only did I have to worry about myself doing something stupid on the street I had to make sure that my trainee didn't do something stupid or too egregious to where holy crap uh, we have a shit show if you will mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stress being an FTO that's the whole point to that and uh, but that's the whole thing as an FTO um, it's my job to um, allow the trainee to grow, if you will, into the position of, of 
law enforcement, you know, as a road officer, you know, as a street officer. And I have to allow that person to become his or her own. Okay, so it's a very, very, it's a dynamic situation. And uh, once again, being responsible for that stuff, I also have to fill in any voids left from the academy experience, which... Uh, <laughs> are, are you noticing a common theme mm, with yeah. me in the academy experience that maybe somebody might want to do something about that? Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm being yeah. facetious, but there, there is legitimate yeah. points to that that don't, we'll get to. Once again, we have several more episodes. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully started on that one now. Uh, but the whole thing is um, trying to allow this person to utilize, empower that person to utilize the knowledge that they gained in the academy and apply it to the real world. Or lack thereof. And lack thereof. And it takes, uh, 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 you know, trial and error. Okay, it does. Along with many things. Uh, and uh, I, I think we could probably make that argument with any skill set, actually. Um, but that's the whole thing, is uh, trying to bridge that gap uh, to where people, officers especially, uh, are adept at utilizing knowledge and making split-second decisions. I'm snapping my fingers for a reason, you know, just for effect, if you will. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we have people uh, that can actually, hopefully, by the time they matriculate FTO, will they know everything? No. Uh, will they have experienced every type of call known to the law enforcement agency? No, of course not. No. However, that officer, hopefully in theory, will be comfortable enough to apply and have some uh, experiences uh, of his or her own within that FTO period to be able to apply knowledge and be able to uh, make split-second decisions, uh, choose a, a path of operation and be able to modify that path midstream. Mm -hmm. Okay, once again, for a lot of people, that's that can be a dysfunctional scenario, okay? Um, and especially when you have, you add the stressors on top of that, okay? So once again, as in an FTO environment, it's an uncontrolled environment, once again. So, um, you know, fear is real, you know, all these other emotions are real. Um, and you also have uh, all these other variables that, that come into light that maybe did not come into light when they were doing Academy. Um, what, what did they call those things like at the last week of the Academy? What Breakouts? Uh, no, no, no. You know, when they give you scenarios and, and, okay, here, you walk into a bar and here's a guy that's a drunk and, uh, oh, um, you know, go, you know. So, and once again, it, I, it'll come to me. I hate to keep bashing that topic <clears throat> Real world scenarios, but uh, that's the whole thing is to get an officer comfortable in doing that. And uh, going back to studying Sun Tzu, <clears throat> it takes some rereading and rereading uh, to be comfortable enough with the the uh, theories provided uh, for one to actually try to apply those in the real world. Now, one step in doing that is this book that McNeely composed. And, Excuse me. He cites a number of real-world scenarios throughout military history, mm -hmm. uh, to where, hey, you know, the pinnacle skill without fighting. Well, Patton, you know, was, uh, <laughs> you know, driving through Europe and 
and he knew that the, the there was a very large contingent of Nazis, and they were, you know, really embedded down, and, you know, they were prepared to fight to the last man, blah, 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 and so what did Patton do? Yeah, he, he, he feigned retreat, so he pulled them out of their, uh, uh, um, uh, how should I say, their, um, uh, entrenched positions to where they had to come out in the field and basically Patton allowed his enemy to come to him as opposed to just plowing right into the enemy. Um, so once again, you know what, and of course the enemy comes across and like, holy crap, mechanized units? Holy crap, those are big guns, howitzers? Well, really? damn. <laughs> Maybe we'll just, uh, hey, guys, can we just pretend this didn't happen? Yeah, let's just, yeah, okay, th th let's not go there. So, okay, great, let's not go there. Uh, oh, so man. we had, so you know, but once again, the whole idea, so <clears throat> we talked, to, I like to call it tactical manipulation, but that's the whole thing, and, and we all can do this, okay? It doesn't have to be uh, an environment of fighting. It doesn't have to be armed conflict. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be... Uh, well, any type of conflict. I mean, once again, <coughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> uh, a quick lesson. Uh, when I was in college, probably one of the most important lessons I ever learned in college, I learned from my dad. And, uh, my first semester, I go, I take a macroeconomics class, and a, a professor that literally had trouble spelling his own last name on the dry erase board, because I went to college so far back that we actually had dry erase boards. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, this guy was... And I'm, I, of course, the first. I'm watching this guy do this, and I'm thinking, why me? I mean, well, it's just like I, I kind of figured I was going to have experiences like this. I was okay, maybe I'm just getting mine out of the way now. You know, the first semester. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. At any rate, <clears throat> excuse me. He's teaching a macroeconomics class. He asked for a show of hands. Who here has taken microeconomics? Everybody but three of us raise our hands. All right, who has not? three of us raise our hands. He said, you need to leave my class now. Drop it. Just leave right now because you're going to flunk my class. <clears throat> Excuse me. Challenge of course, accepted. Me being me, I <clears throat> raised my hand. I said, sir. Yes, sir. I said, uh, the doctor in charge of um, um, well, uh, counseling of the university placed me in this class. And he specifically placed me in this class because of the, I don't know, economics classes I took in high school or whatever. But <clears throat> he specifically told me that I would not have a problem in this class. It's, it's an entry-level class that I can do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, there again, maybe I went a little too far. I, far be it from me to say something like, well, this guy has a Ph.D. And he's been with this university for 18, 20 years. As opposed to the guy that has trouble spelling his own last name on a dry erase board. <laughs> now, I, and he said, no, you said, you need to just get out of my class now. I said, sir, I, with all due respect, no, sir. Are you challenging me? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I guess I am. I said, I wrote the tuition check for the semester. Okay, I did that. The check that I submitted to the bursar's office has my name on it, not my mom and dad's name on it. Number two, I paid for this stack of books sitting here on this table in front of me. I paid for all those books, several hundred dollars as a matter of fact. And I said, the last time I, I learned how to read somewhere sometime around the first grade, 
I said, once again, I, I didn't realize then I was a knuckle dragger, but you know, I knew I wasn't that smart of a person. You know, I would definitely wasn't gifted or talented or anything like that. So, but my point is, I said, I, I'm thinking that if I can read these books, I could probably pass this class, even with you at the helm. Well, yeah. But I said, let's take this a step further. I said, in, a, in an economic sense, I said, since I paid for this class, <laughs> um, you uh, should be providing me enlightenment because I'm the customer. And the customer I paid, is right. I paid for this class. You are getting paid for this class because of people like me that just wrote uh, a rather sizable check for this semester, by the way. So... I'm kind of thinking that maybe you should be teaching me, and maybe that's your job. I'm just putting it out there. You're going to flunk my class. Well, what happened? Fast forward, of course, once again, me not being that bright, uh, I ended up with a D in the class. All right? So technically, I won the fight because passed. I passed. The problem is I aced all my other classes. So my GPA, I, I would have been, you know, super high on the dean's list. And, of course, I missed the dean's list by a few points because of that D. Okay. So I, I wasn't a happy camper. I really wanted to just push that guy right in the dry erase board and all that. And I said, all right, all right, no. Lesson learned. All right. Well, I go back home. Show Dad my grades. Mm -hmm. And he just starts steaming. I mean, and you got to realize, I, I was brought up with an old set of parents, older set of parents. So, you know, he was old school. I could just see the steam coming out of his ears. And I thought, I said, Dad, I thought you'd be proud of me. I mean, I actually, this is one time in my life I stood up for myself. I mean, I actually, <clears throat> you know, the, the challenge was presented to me, and I actually faced it. I actually did this. I said, you know, and once again, we'll get into some other stuff down the pike, but because of my junior high experiences and some of my high school experiences, you know, this is a big deal to me. And so um, he just starts steaming. He said, all right, what did you learn? I said, well, I can win and still lose. I said, no. He said, it's something far more important. He said, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's a lesson. But he said, what's more important? <clears throat> he said, you just sacrificed, you know, your your um, your um, perfect, or almost, or close to perfect GPA uh, for this jackass. And I said, well, at least we agree on something. And he's a jackass. <laughs> I said, uh, the question is, uh, am I a bigger jackass or is he? And I, and a course about that point in time I'm thinking I think I'm probably the bigger jackass even though I can spell my own last name and so uh, he said look he said um, you can't think this way he said you learn the professor don't spend your time learning the content I said, sir he said how do you earn a grade he said college is a game just like everything else in life okay it's a game Life is a game. This whole world with good and evil is a game, okay? It's a game of manipulation. But just like in college, okay, in some silly macroeconomics class, okay, I learned something. Now, fast forward. I'm wrapping up my degree, okay? I'm taking night school classes because I ran out of money because I wasted it taking classes like freaking macroeconomics and getting a damn D, <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right, I had to get that out of my system. But now, okay, I'm in night school. Now, when I was in high school, no, I, and I thank my mom and dad and, and my sister. I'm so happy that I have my family, and I'm going to tell you that's why I'm actually sane right now is uh, because of family support. Uh, but I purposely did not want my parents paying for my way through school. Okay, I wanted to do 
the majority of that, and they allowed me to do that, and uh, Dad helped me out on a couple semesters, um, but for the most part, 80-some-odd percent of, of college I paid for, and I'm, I, I wanted to do that. Um, but So when I was in night school, I had a full-time job, 9 to 5. Uh, I'd go to night school 6 in the evening till 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and then by 10 o'clock at night I was a nighttime janitor at a Ford dealership at about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I'd go home, get about an hour and a half, two hours of sleep, wake up and do it all over again Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, I had time to do my projects and for school and class and all that. But I would carry a full-time uh, school load at night, uh, doing night school. So <clears throat> uh, I did not have time for stupid, silly crap. Okay, that's the whole basis of this stuff. Like most people uh, that pay their own way through school, they, they, we do it the hard way. You know, it's, it's once again, it's all about building character. Um, you know, coming into your own and, and, and blah, blah, blah. So the whole thing is, uh, I'm sitting in this class. It was a world civ class, which most schools, most majors use as a flunky class anyway. It's one of those things where you get a book that's probably about 10,000 pages, you know, deep. And then, you know, you have some, um, you know, really messed up prof. I'm sorry. Uh, somebody that probably couldn't function in a real, dang on it. Uh, somebody that is really enthralled with playing games with students okay yeah and they'll yeah. pick the most minute piece of information most innocuous piece of information that is completely devoid of any importance in world history and put that on a test okay oh, but of course yeah so that's how they do this so <clears throat> of course i'm sitting there i'm taking this class is like just volumes of information okay and of course i'm doing all this stuff i don't have time to study that much um so I'm doing my thing. And of course, who do I have sitting next to me? I have a, a housewife, a board housewife, basically. Okay, this lady is just taking a class. I'm just decided to enrich myself, which hmm. is just fine and dandy. There's nothing wrong with self-enrichment, all right? <clears throat> but she has no job. You know, her husband's retired. They're just, you know, she has, she's tired of playing, you know, garden and, and, and all this other stuff. So she decided to take a night school class. So she's sitting next to me, and we take our first test. And, of course, she has to be Miss Nosy. <clears throat> she looks at me, and she looks at her score. She oh, my goodness, you got to see. I guess you're not very smart. Hmm. Of course, I look at her. I said, uh, look, Miss Priss, how about you keep your nose in your own business and leave me alone? How about that? Yeah. Well, I'm just noticing. I said, you know what? I'm noticing that. A, a lot of things myself, and I'm I'm gonna be enough of a gentleman about things to keep my mouth shut. Other than that, but really, lady, how about you just focus on your own stuff? Sure enough, well, the next test comes up. Oh, I got a B. She got an A. Well, I guess you're starting to read the book or something, aren't you? Then I look at her. I said, Well, I got an A. I said, Exactly. I said, Look, lady. I said, I'm gonna shut you up right here and now. I said, here's a deal. I said, I'm going to beat you in this class. You what? I said, I'm going to beat you in this class. I said, I'm going to get a higher score than you do. Okay. And I said, I'll even put something on it. Really? I said, yeah. I said, let's make this inter uh, you know, interesting. I said, I'd like a sirloin steak dinner. And blah, 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 blah. Okay. I said, good. I said, I will beat you in this class. When it comes to total points, you know, in the whole class, I said, I'm going to beat you. Well, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I said, I don't care if you're blind, lady. I'm just telling you, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to beat you. <clears throat> so sure enough, the next test comes up, and I get a a, a higher B. 
she gets an A. Well, you're not, you're not getting any closer. I said, oh, yes, I am. So we do this. I start getting A's. And, of course, like most college uh, classes, you have, like, a big paper and a project. And then you have, you know, your midterms and finals normally, you know, weigh the heaviest on your final grade and, and all the stuff, your totality. Well, yeah. So um, at any rate, uh, uh, project time comes up, I ace a project. Uh, time to, to, to give a presentation, I ace my presentation. Uh, 100%. I, the, the prof was an uh, old school prof. She didn't believe in giving a lot of extra credit, which I kind of like that. So uh, we really didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Well, sure enough, fast forward, I, I get A's on my uh, next couple of tests, and it comes time to study for the final. We all get a study group together. And, uh, you know, once again, Miss Pris is there. She has A's on all this stuff. And uh, she said, well, this is going to be on the test. I said, no, it's not. Well, what about this? I said, that won't be on the test either. But this, this, and this will be. She said, well, how do you know? I said, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you what's going to be on the test. She said, I have a higher score than you do. I think I know what's going to be on the test. I said, well, you know what? Let's just go with that. I said, since you're an expert and you know what's going to be on the test, I said, that's great. I said, you go ahead and do that. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? I don't need to be here anymore. I'm trying to help out. You guys don't want my help, which is great. See you later. Have a nice day. See you on test date. Test date shows up. Guess who scored 110% on the test? Uh, the housewife. Nope. Oh. Nope. Surprisingly enough, I actually stayed awake long enough to pass the test. <laughs> and, it's, and, oh, by the way, I beat the housewife by about three or four points. Oh. Total score. Total aggregate score. I, um, I did that. Of course, she's looking at me. What the hell? <laughs> Her demeanor goes from Little Miss Pris to... What the hell? I said, ah! <laughs> I guess I, I, I now command your attention, do I? Oh, really? She said, I don't get it. I don't get it. I said, yeah, I know. I said, actually, it's a little entertaining for on my side. I, I'm kind of enjoying this. <laughs> I said, I'm really going to enjoy my steak dinner even more. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I said, uh, yeah. Uh, I said, once again, I, I gave you hints. I gave you... You know, once again, you didn't want to listen to me. You didn't want, you just shut me off. You just judge a book by its cover. I'm just a dumbass, which I am. Don't get me wrong. But I just happened to be a dumbass that aced the, the uh, final exam. And then some. And she said, well, how the hell did you do that? I said, do you really want to know? Well, yeah, yeah, I really want to know. I said, are you going to take another college class? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you if you're actually going to do this. But I said, if you're not going to do this, I said, I'm not going to bother telling you. No, 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 I really want to know. I said, well, I learned something my freshman year, first semester. And uh, I said, I've really taken it to heart. And I said, my father was a wise man. And um, he, uh, you know, had I listened uh, more often, I probably could have been something besides a knuckle dragger. But <laughs> no, 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 I ended up where I am, which is just fine. But the whole thing is, I explained to her what my father explained to me. I said, it's serious. It's very simple. I said, those of you in law enforcement, okay, this is how simple it is. <clears throat> there is, uh, once something happens multiple times, there is always a pattern. Mm -hmm. No matter what it is. Everything in nature, there is a pattern. Now, people, i.e. professors, often work diligently to try to hide those patterns. Uh, uh, Predictability. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they will often try to stymie the student uh, and not find 
the pattern. They will try to hide their pattern. They will try to manipulate the environment so as the student is not focused on the pattern. Are you starting to see or hear a pattern in what we're saying in the last couple of episodes? Okay, now, so <clears throat> here's the thing. Study the professor, not the topic. Okay, so when I get a test, I have one test. I cannot compare it to anything because I only have the one test. Now, once I get a second test, guess what I have? Okay, I don't care how long the tests are. The whole point is I can start my comparisons. Okay, so as long as I get the tests back, you know, once, you know, 99.9% .9 of the professors I had in school handed back exams. Okay, and this is back in the day where they weren't electronic. So we actually had, you know, paper copies of things. So I could sit back, excuse me, and don't get me wrong, I would still read my chapters, but I would not... Re read them like law school reading, you know, like reread and reread and reread and try oh, yeah. to memorize all this stuff. No, 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 no. I'd read it for content. Okay, fine. Yeah, I might pick out a couple of points to remember. Yeah, yeah, that'll probably pick up. Then I'll go back to my tests. Okay, and then I'll compare, you know, the chapters that the test covered. Then I'll compare what I just read for, for a reading assignment. It's like, hmm, once again, always a pattern somewhere. Now, it may take a lot of time to find it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's not a challenge depending upon, you know, patterns and, and things like that. But there is always a pattern to life, just like there's always cycles, life cycles to life. So these are things that can come in very handy when we start talking about um, taking advantage of opportunities, okay? If we're talking about, uh, you know, once again, that superior mindset, okay? We're paying attention. Those of us that are striving to attain that superior mindset, we're not paying attention to what the news is telling us. We're not paying attention to what the jackassery, you know, on some, I'm giving a press conference on blah, blah, blah. I could care less. Okay, now, another uh, little challenge. Uh, how about the next time you see a press conference by a devil spawn, if you've heard the devil spawn speak before, shut off the sound to the press conference. And Body just, language. And watch, yeah, watch the devil spawn without the volume. And then you'll after about three or four or five, maybe it takes six or seven different times, <clears throat> you will develop um, a baseline, is what we call it in the business. Mm -hmm. And when you develop a baseline, then pretty soon it's not so much what comes out of the pie hole, it's how the information is is delivered. Okay, that's what we focus upon. Okay, so then we find out, oh, that dude is lying through his teeth right about there. Hmm. Yeah, because that does not that is not consistent with the baseline because of this, this, and that. And that's the other thing. It, it, they, yeah, you may have softball questions or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. You pay attention to reactions to questions. And that will tell you before the pie hole even opens. Mm -hmm. Hey, this guy or gal, double spawn nonetheless is trying to formulate something out of the blue, like bullshit, <clears throat> to deliver. At any rate, that's the thing, you know, in, in a very um, you know, brief explanation of things. But yeah, we, um, so going back to, to Sun Tzu, that's the whole thing. We take that, uh, you know, pinnacle of skills to win without fighting. So that's the whole thing. We, uh, I know, I don't want to have to go there. In other words, Rather than, we have different ways of approaching, like we mentioned before, if you're a nice guy, you're going to get your ass kicked. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, it's just a matter of time. You're going to get your ass kicked. Now, if you come out of the academy or training with a chip on your shoulder, you're going to get your ass kicked. Mm -hmm. Probably sooner than the nice guy, but you're definitely going to get your ass kicked. Okay. <clears throat> now, being the tough guy, I'm going to tell you right now, man, I don't care how big, bad, and tough you are, there's always somebody or a group of somebody's around the corner bigger, badder, and tougher than you. So you're going to get your ass kicked, too. But what's the one, the one guy or gal that... Don't get me wrong, you can still get your ass kicked, but it's going to be a lot more challenging for bad guys to figure you out and to be able to be comfortable enough to try to kick your ass. And what would that be? Oh, I don't know. How about the one that uses his brain? Crazy. And I'm not talking about blah, 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 and, and throwing... No, 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 no. I'm talking about <clears throat> my approach to whatever, okay, if, especially if I'm outnumbered and I'm outgunned, which is, well, it used to be all the time. <clears throat> the whole thing is I want as, as many variables on my side as possible. You know, mm -hmm. if we were to imagine the scales of justice, right? So I, the bad guy, every time we react, we, we went over this stuff before, okay? Every time you react, uh, you're at the short end of the stick, okay? Because the time is not on your side. The bad guy already has plans or the bad guys, once again, especially... The big thing is bad guys love to lure us cops into, um, um, what's that nasty word that, um, you got to help me out here. Um, you know, that thing, uh, ambush. Oh, that, that old thing. Yeah. See, that never happened. They're always trying to lead us into <laughs> a bunch of bushes. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. And... That's a thing. And, of course, uh, many times it does work, unfortunately. So, uh, because, once again, we get focused on different things. Uh, it's very easy to do. Once again, it's not a judgment call or anything like that. But uh, we're all human. Hell, I walked into an ambush one day. I mean, that's how bright I am. So, um, you know, it does happen. It happens to a lot of us that, that uh, find ourselves in very violent areas and, and things like that. So, once again, uh, it's not about... Um, some of us have opportunities because we're there, you know, because of the environment. Uh, they're just like in violent, not just in violent neighborhoods, but it could be any place you can encounter people. There is a certain percentage of people in the society that only understand violence as a source of communication. I know that sounds silly, but really that's basically how they communicate. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to do that. I mean, everything is based upon violent acts. Well, that's when yeah. you use the language of pain compliance. Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worked for me, too. Mm -hmm. Once in a while. Yeah. yeah. It does. No. But I like, I like scram mind-scrambling people. See, that's the thing. Well, usually by the time it gets to the pain compliance, you know, it's just like, okay. Nothing else has worked, but this will. Well, that and I have to compensate. You know, my hand eye coordination sucks. I'm not Bruce Lee or anybody like that, so I know it's like, eh, and being a knuckle dragger, you know, like, hey, I got a, I got a lot uh, for what to compensate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was like, eh, I, I got to think ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute, think ahead. You know that whole Mongo-like candy. Mongo, yes. Just reach out, grab them. Hey, come talk to me. So getting back to that opportunity. Uh, that's the whole thing. We, we have a lot of opportunity. We have a lot of opportunity for growth uh, coming up. And we, no matter how nasty things get, no matter how 
evil evil can be. Um, our society, I think, kind of has a few things back asswards. But one thing is, you know, we we you know from kids on up, we're pretty much trained, conditioned to you know dislike challenge or kind of shun challenge, depending upon. Well, um, it's it's even worse now because you know the the invention of the participation trophy. Oh yeah. Mm. You know, you're just you 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 are literally taking a whole generation and telling them that okay, you didn't win, but you didn't lose, so here's your trophy. Why? If you didn't win, then that means you lost. How about striving for something? Oh, well, they have already beat that out of them by the time it gets to the participation trophy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, and they, along with that, the common sense went out the window, and, yeah, it's just... It's not very common, is it? I, I keep... The word snowflake just kind of keeps jumping into my head, Now I don't know. Well, I've been thinking a lot about sheep lately. And not in that kind of sense, by the way, so don't even... Mm, I wasn't going to say anything. I, I, it was on your mind. I can, I can read it. <laughs> See, Maybe. once again, it's all about that body language. You know, well, you know, they said... Yeah, never, never mind. Not going to go there. <clears throat> nope. Well, <clears throat> I, it, uh, my, my point is I uh, noticed a brief little snippet on uh, on the internet about uh, shepherd's pie mm -hmm. yeah I'm just thinking yeah sheep <laughs> parts of sheep <laughs> I'm sorry my knuckle dragger came out in me and I just <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the way that looks really tasty <laughs> I really had a hankering for some shepherd's pie of late after after watching that little snippet so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry well and, and see Here's here's the problem. This generation and probably the last half of the previous generation have become overly dependent upon the handouts of the government. As conditioned. And when they get to that point, they have no need to be self-sufficient. They have no need to look beyond the next handout. And the problem with that is those handouts are eventually going to dry up. Even, and yeah. Just looking at what the the potential is now. Yeah. I mean, think think of just just in in one major municipality. How many people are on some kind of state assistance, whether that be welfare, food stamps, WIC, whatever, and instead of using it for what it's intended for to, you know, get you through a short period of time to where you can take care of yourself, they make a career out of living off the government. 
and you know they 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 don't know what it's like to be self-sufficient to take care of yourself to use your brain for something more than oh it's first of the month uh you know let's let's uh, go spend this free money you know and then when that goes away and the shit hits the fan yeah they have a you know whole house full of shit food and then when that goes away they're ready for a resupply and there's no resupply there so hmm you, you know as you're describing that it <clears throat> I, I just made this goofy parallel in my head to Devil Spawn mm -hmm. because Devil Spawn have most of whom have never had real jobs or real responsibility or real accountability or anything like that. Nope. They've merely taken their money from us taxpayers and lobbyists and now have big fat mansions all over the place and multiple all this. mansions. So it's kind of like on the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know. So the people that they are, you know, that they have conditioned to live off the teats of the government, they're giving them just enough to survive. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the devil spawn who have enough to survive tenfold and they don't want for anything. Well, other than the uh, rapid decrease of the world's population. Yeah. That's about the only thing that they... Uh... That is true. So basically what you're telling me is this whole manipulation project, they have literally, as far as human needs are concerned, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and, and all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, you're telling me that basically they have successfully displaced elements of character for basic life uh, needs as far as food. Well, I'll even put it even in simpler terms. This generation and half of the last generation have literally um, become the living, living embodiment of an experiment. This weird little thing, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, Pavlov dogs. Yeah, man, that okay. man, that pooch has been drooling out the ass. So now, yeah. take that idea, that theory, and you put it in the real world, and look at this generation and half of the last generation through those glasses. That's why everybody's slobbering right now. Mm -hmm. Literally. Everybody's sovereign. I'm telling you. They they have been conditioned mm. to depend upon handouts from the government. That is why you have, dare I say, a core of voters who are pro-government. Or people, maybe not voters, but they actually support whatever off-the-wall idea that the government comes out because so that's their bread and butter. That goes back to why capitalism is so evil. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I would have never made the connection. 
you know, and then, then you start looking at it even, even deeper. So, <clears throat> there, there, I mean, without going into some, you know, delineating between the races or anything, but you, you have a certain, screw it, Democratic voters have been historically black. Republicans have been historically white. And the Democratic Party has historically persecuted their voters until now. Um, they, <laughs> the population that was po voting for the De Democratic Party has crossed the aisle in waves and droves because they are actually starting to see this party is worse than this party so it's the lesser of two evils and you know they're just kind of starting to come over to the less evil side <coughs> yeah um, they're still <clears throat> part of the same monster oh it is but you know two instead of you know monster. having a because that's that's why they want us, um, uh, you know, at each other's throats. Is through the two party systems worked out quite well for them. And you know that that that's a whole nother thing. I mean, instead of having an all out race war, it's actually backfiring on them. And they're, we're starting to come together. Like, oh no, we're not the problem. Yeah, they are exactly. And you know we the people are starting to gel and come together and it's scaring the hell out of the government because every time every time what should be the beginnings of civil unrest it starts and then all of a sudden it calms down and then it goes away because people are starting to gel and say hey wait a minute and of course that's why they're ramping up their schedule you didn't do that, and I didn't do that. So I think that entity over there, let's get together and let's talk about this. And next thing you know, the sites are focused on that entity. And you're right. They, they're they scared shitless, and they're starting to bump up this that is, time frame. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. And this is a big, big thing. Uh, once again, it goes back to um, um, law enforcement. Um you know, we could do, uh, we can always do a much better job, let's put it this way, as a whole, do a much better job at community yeah. policing, because here's the thing, you know, uh, being on the quote-unquote front lines on things, yeah, um, being officer-friendly pays off huge, huge, huge dividends, and to act, that, here's the other aspect to this, you have to care about what you're doing, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't care if you're a doctor, an attorney, a police officer. doesn't make a difference. Uh, if you don't care about what you're doing, you might as well just do us all a favor and get the hell out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just, once again, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say this to anybody. Uh, you know, there are those of us who have busted our hind ends to not only try to do the right thing, but try to promote others doing the right thing. Okay? And that's the thing. It could take one contact. Okay? One small little contact could change somebody's mind 
hey, you know what? That officer's really not a prick. He mm -hmm. actually tried to help me. Okay? That's one person. Okay? And you can't tell me that one person's not worth, you know, than a second person and a fourth person or a 400th person. It doesn't make a difference. And we don't always, I mean, very rarely, actually, do we really know what type of impact we have on others. Sometimes we do, but very, very rarely. Okay? And that's the thing. We, it, it, we can be doing a lot. You know, um, I'm going to break it down very simply. And we're thinking about doing another episode down the pike about this. But, you know, we can really simplify hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of in-service training hours to one thing. Okay? Do one to others as you would have others do one to you. Yep. Okay? How about that? We were taught the golden rule growing up. That golden rule has worked very well in my private life. And it's worked. It has paid off in spades in um, uh, a professional life, okay? And that it, it, it's very simple. Uh, it's not hard to do. It, actually, I take that back. There are times when it's hard to do. When you're, if you're emotionally charged about things, if you've been having a bad shift, or you've been having, you know, not, you know, I, I don't care, all, any kind of crap going on around you, and yeah, sometimes somebody's a, uh, you know, officer so-and-so, can you help me? Ah, I'll get to you in a minute, or whatever. Okay, just something like something like that can uh, put somebody off and uh, boom. Okay, now, <clears throat> excuse me, we have one more person, you know, that could have um, harbored a modicum of faith uh, in law enforcement or as an officer, you know, a particular person or what have you. And, well, that opportunity's gone. Can it be regained? Actually, it could. And it has in the past. I've actually seen it happen. So yes, I know it can happen. But once again, it, you have to you have to care enough to want to do it. So well, and it sounds easy, but it's and it's really not. The right thing is never the easy thing. Oh no, never. So whenever you think, oh well, that was easy, you might want to think. What did I do wrong? And oftentimes the, the right thing <laughs> comes with the, 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 the highest amount of payment. <clears throat> we'll get into that later. We, we don't have yeah. time for that now. That, that, once again, that's another, another episode for another time. But at any rate, uh, yes, think, think uh, positively about things. Uh, once again, being prepared uh, with a mindset and uh, taking a, a different point of view could uh, make things go a lot easier down the pike. Exactly. So with that, I think we're done with this episode. I'm done. Take care. See you the next time. Bye-bye.